Welcome to The Leader Lab, the podcast powered by Life Labs Learning. I'm your host, Life Labs Leadership Trainer and Director of Product Strategy and Operations, Vanessa Tunisian. Join me and my lab mates as we distill our findings into powerful leadership tipping point skills, the smallest changes that make the biggest impact in the shortest time. We'll also welcome members from our learning community who share how they experiment with these skills in their world of work and beyond. Aloha, listeners, and welcome back to The Leader Lab, where we're talking about how to grow kind. If you're just tuning in, you might be asking yourself, what does growing kind mean? It's how do we provide ourselves with the tools and skills to grow sustainably so that way we're not surviving, but we're truly thriving as we scale. Today, I have two incredible human beings who also happen to be facilitators at Life Labs Learning. First, I have Brian Dan. In addition to being a facilitator, he's also a certified knowledge manager and was also a licensed asbestos abater in a different life. We'll definitely have to ask him about that one. And then we have Katya Davidova. She's a fantastic author who has a book coming out all about celebrating the joy and wonder of the ordinary. So welcome to the podcast, y'all. How you doing? (laughs) Hey, Vanessa. How are you? Hey, Vanessa. (laughs) So wonderful to be here. Thanks for having us. Yes, I am so, so excited to have you both. And this is the first time we're doing sort of a a double whammy on the podcast, having two people talk about a topic. So it must be a really big, important topic. Yeah, it's pretty important. Double whammy, double the knowledge. Double whammy, double the knowledge. Yeah, what are we talking about today, y'all? Well, not only do you have two people here, but you have two knowledge management nerds. Brian, do you want to take a stab at explaining info versus knowledge? Yeah. So we can think of information as just a series of data points, right? So a good example would be that if I'm at a traffic light, the light is red, where knowledge is really understanding something that we gain from experience, exposure, and sharing. Mm -hmm. And so knowledge is a lot deeper than information. So to use that same example, knowledge is knowing that if I run through a red light, I might get hurt or someone else might get hurt. And so why does this matter? It matters because there is so much information that we all have to be responsible for now. People are getting burnt out. And so information needs to become knowledge. Knowledge is important because it creates ownership. When our folks in our organization have more knowledge, they get less frustrated because they understand how things work. They can get more done in less time. And that social aspect of knowledge is an important part to remember. If I have a piece of information that say, hey, this client is requesting this type of specification, what good does that do for other people? It doesn't matter until we share it, until it becomes something that we can play with, that we can ultimately use. Katya, let's talk about the flip side here. If we don't convert information into knowledge, what's the downside? Sure. This matters because as Brian said, we are drowning. The amount of information that has surfaced in the world in our workplaces is exponential. And unless we take that deliberate pause, we're going to keep drowning. We're going to keep feeling like we're underwater and like we cannot handle the day to day. And so we collaborate less effectively. We spend more time trying to search for the relevant information knowledge and we continue feeling burnt out. So it's Mm. really crucial to have the system where we can not only show up to work well, 
but also show up as human beings and grow kind. Oh my gosh. Okay. So my nerdy brain is <laughs> yeah, we're getting nerdy. tangling right now. I'm curious, what does the research say? A good model to take here is the Nonaka knowledge spiral. It sounds really fancy and it is. And tasty. <laughs> yeah. And tasty, right? It sounds like ice cream. And so here's really what it means though, right? That knowledge starts with socialization, mm. then externalization. And this is where people start to out loud, make some decisions about what knowledge matters. From there, we want to take existing knowledge and combine it with that new knowledge to make deeper, more meaningful knowledge. This is called combination. And the last phase is where we take that combined knowledge. I've learned all these things, and then I'm going to use it and practice it. And this is called internalization. This process really matters because this is how we continue the cycle. We continuously build our internal knowledge and help other people expand their knowledge by having this spiral exchange. Uh, you know, the spiral honestly gave me goosebumps, but it also <laughs> is a lot of information. That's so funny. It's yeah. a lot of information to take in. So how can we take all that information you just shared with me and turn that into knowledge for me and our listeners? What is the growing kind tool that we'll be walking through today? Well, here's the good news is that Brian and I have come up with this 4D model. And really, this is a way for you as a, as a company or even just as a leader transitioning information into knowledge. And the reason that we say it's 4D is because knowledge is multidimensional. It doesn't live on just one axis. So let's talk about the 4D steps, discovery, design, deliberate distribution, and a deepening of knowledge. So discovery, right? This is the point at which we decide if something is worthwhile knowledge. So we can ask ourselves questions like, is this new info something that I need or the team needs? And what is this knowledge ultimately solving for? Oh my gosh. So the job to be done of the knowledge. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So what's the second piece, Katya? And after taking that delicious pause in the discovery phase, we move on to the design phase. Now, this is where all the nuts and bolts get aligned. We ask three main questions, the who, the where, and the how. First, we have the who. Who is this knowledge for? Mm. Second, where does it live? Where in the virtual map of our organizational system, we can access it. Mm. And then finally, it's the how, right? What's the simplest way that we can capture that knowledge and actually convey this information in a way that makes sense? Information means nothing if no one can use it, if no one can find mm -hmm. it. Brian, what's the next step here? Knowledge is useless if we're not getting it to the right people. And so this is where deliberate distribution really matters. What this is about is how you're going to let people know about this new knowledge. So first and foremost, who needs this? What's the best way to let people know that this is now a new part of their job? How does that communication get rolled out? And so really thinking deliberately about how you're sharing this information and coming up with a comms plan. So, so important to think about getting that just-in-time information mm -hmm. to just the right people. And Katya, let's go ahead and wrap up these four Ds. What's the last D? Don't keep us in suspense. Yes, the last D is the deepening, which means that after we've communicated knowledge, after it gets to the right hands, the work is still not done because we need to mm. find a way to integrate it into our existing knowledge and also find a way to make it inherently social. Katya, you are just really letting my heart flutter right now because how hard it is to actually get information into this knowledge space. And Brian, would you mind kicking us off in a little uh, show and tell? How do we get this thing done? So discovery, right? I think one thing to keep in mind here is thinking first about a problem. 
So one of the things that I'm currently working on at the product team at Life Labs is just making sure people actually know what the product team is doing. Because we are a growing business, there's a lot of interest in what we're creating and how people can contribute. So I just want to create some visibility there. So Vanessa, in thinking about that and thinking about the best ways to propagate that information forward, what is your current way that you want to design this knowledge sharing mechanism? How are you Hmm. going to get it out there? That is a great question. I mean, there's so many different ways to do it, but in talking about like who is it for, it's legitimately for every lab mate. So I probably need to do something that's very visible and shareable when I'm designing it. And it probably also needs to be visual mm. so that way mm. people can easily see what they need. You know, as I'm saying it out loud, it sounds like just a good old fashioned product roadmap. <laughs> that might be a, a good place to start. I love it. I love it. In order to distribute it out, does that look like an email? Does it look like a playbook? What are you thinking? To start, we have a newsletter internally called the WhatsApp. It's letting everybody know about it in the WhatsApp. And then probably effective frequency in our department meetings, asking people to bookmark it and things like that would probably Mm -hmm. go far. And so then the last and most important part is how do you create deepened knowledge with this product roadmap with lab mates? Wow. This is coming fresh right in this moment. I haven't asked department leaders to reference the product roadmap when talking about product. I should 100% do that. It's like cool getting insight. people to, yeah, to use the tool. Honestly, the four Ds, thinking about this product communication problem, going through discovery, design, distribution, and deepening has already led me to another insight. At this point, I wish I could continue talking about the transfer of information to knowledge forever, (laughs) especially because you two are so well-versed in this. But it's time for our Leader Lab listener experiment. So, Brian and Katya, what are we asking people to experiment with in their laboratories of life? We ask for listeners to take that deliberate pause and to say, what type of knowledge do I currently house that I could maybe share with others in order to increase and deepen the entire knowledge base of your team or organization? Fantastic. So Brian, any final thoughts for those aspiring knowledge managers out there? Ooh, what a big question. (laughs) Knowledge is not a solo art. Oh my gosh. Wow. And so involve the right people at the right time. And that's a wrap of another episode of the Leader Lab podcast, powered by Life Labs Learning. If you're loving the Leader Lab, subscribe so you never miss an episode. The Leader Lab is executive produced and hosted by me, Vanessa Tunisian. Alana Berman is our creative director and senior editor. Juliana Jack is our assistant editor. Lauren Feller is our associate producer. And Yadra James is our senior producer. You can find all our episodes, transcripts, and more at lifelabslearning.com slash podcast. While you're there, you can learn more about our learning programs to help you build an engaged, high-impact team faster. See you in the lab. So here's a fun fact about asbestos. There are two kinds of asbestos. One is friable and the other is non-friable. You might be wondering, Brian, why does that matter? Well, asbestos is dangerous for you. And so non-friable asbestos, so like tiles are non-friable asbestos. You can only get harmed by if you eat it. However, friable asbestos, the stuff that looks like insulation that you can kind of rub your fingers with and it becomes particles in the air, that's super dangerous. All you have to do is be around it. So fun fact. (laughs) Spread knowledge, not asbestos.